beyond labels, titles, and roles exists the true you. And living from the inside out helps you peel past those layers to reveal who you actually are at your core. How do I know? I've been purposefully pursuing this path for several years, awakening to the knowledge that you're not the thoughts you think, you're separate from them. My name is Bridget Blythe-Briere, and I spent a long time being an imposter in my own life, including 15 years clinging to a career I thought I had to. In fact, I believe that a lot of us are hiding behind what we think we're supposed to do and who we think we're supposed to be. And that's why I created this podcast. As I really get to know the true me, I'm sharing it with you, intending for these episodes to provide you with guideposts to pursue your own path to do the same. I call it being socially responsible, taking accountability for thoughts, actions, and reactions to help yourself get out of your own way, create a deeper connection to yourself and the world around you, and to show up as who you're truly meant to be. Let's go. Hello to you, wherever you are. I hope your efforts to be kind to yourself, even when you don't feel like it, are going well, as that was the call to action from last week. And what's kind of funny is that the day that the episode released, I woke up with this earache that I wanted to ignore. Well, at least the ego part of me wanted that. The ego was like, just flush it out with fluids. It'll be fine. You've got this. But the inner knowing was like, you need to seek actual medical help. And typically I'm that person who waits until I'm super sick before I turn to medicine or a doctor or whatever. But I realized that that is not handling myself with care when I blatantly ignore signs of sickness. And so even though I absolutely did not feel like it, I did the kind thing for myself and I made some phone calls and finally got my primary care doctor's office to do a video appointment. And then I got a prescription for a sinus infection and I can literally like breathe a sigh of relief and feel so much better. P.S. The doctor's office tried to tell me the first three times that I called that they couldn't see me at all in any way for ear stuff. They're like, we're not doing ear stuff right now. They're like, you need to either go to some, you know, some specialist, which was going to be like a month wait to get in, which didn't make sense for what my problem was. Or they said, go to urgent care. But I very politely pleaded my case by way of four separate phone calls. <laughs> and then I got what I needed. Pleasant persistence really does pay off. And that is such an important life lesson because a lot of times, you know, we don't want to push things and, you know, we roll over and say, oh, okay, never mind. You know, we don't go after what we really need. Obviously, persistence isn't always a comfortable thing because I felt like kind of a jerk calling the doctor's office four times in a 10 minute time span. But comfort is only king when it comes to things like mattresses and airplane travel, as far as I'm concerned. And it's taken me a while to get there, but like, what kind of outcome does staying comfortable get you? Right? And like, maybe I would have been more comfortable emotionally in the moment, not calling four times, but I would have been very uncomfortable with my ear <laughs> with a piercing pain inside of it. So, pushing past the unpleasantness of feeling awkward, blasting through a comfort zone, whatever it is. That's where real results are achieved. And, you know, 
what, what did they used to say in one of the classes that I took at my gym a long time ago when I was going to the gym? If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And we can apply that here as well. My grandma, who is 93, and she lives on her own in Manhattan, very with it still. She always says, if you don't ask, you never get what you want. That's her accent. <laughs> and she applies it to everything. As a kid, it made me very uncomfortable. Like we'd be checking out at a store and she would ask for a deal or a discount. She always did it politely, pleasantly, sometimes playfully. And you know what? She gets a lot of discounts and deals still to this day. And now that I'm older, I get it. But also it's because I'm putting in the work to free myself from severe self-doubt. And therefore I do feel more free to ask for what I want to need and to go after what I want and need. And I want everybody to be able to do that. Self-doubt is a stealer of hopes and dreams. But the good news is that this thief can be caught. Reclaiming confidence is so badass. Anyone can curl into a ball and cry mercy. But getting back up after you've been knocked down or going after something you were afraid to pursue, that is powerful. One time when I was 13 years old, it was the summer before freshman year of high school, so like peak awkwardness, <laughs> I was at my weekly horseback riding lesson, which I had been doing for years. But on this particular day, my dad was there, which made it different. And I remember feeling extra nervous because I really wanted to impress him. So the instructor had us out in this big open field set up with jumps. And when it was my turn to do the course, everything started off beautifully. My horse and I were in perfect sync. And, you know, that's super important always with riding, but especially when you're jumping. But about halfway through the course, something happened. It was like my head, my brain separated from my body. And I became completely overcome with self-doubt. And as this happened, the horse was going faster and faster and faster until we came to what they call an in and out jump, where it's absolutely crucial that the horse and rider move as one unit. But the horse went first, and I wasn't ready. And so by the time I caught up and leaned forward into the jump, the horse was moving in a different direction. And I went flying, I did this full flip, and I landed in a thud right on my butt. Boom! And it turned out that I fractured my spine. Talking about it years later with my mom, I came to admit to her that I had given up on that ride. I was so worried that my dad wasn't going to be impressed by what I was doing that I literally, or all but literally, um, threw my hands up and said, screw it. You know, I basically let go of the reins. Like I was still holding them, but I wasn't controlling the horse at all. I was just so in my head. And the result was a serious injury which could have been a lot worse. Self-doubt, man. When I was in my late 20s, I was invited for what my ego had labeled as my dream job. New York City, 
30 Rock, Rockefeller Center, okay? A new lifestyle show was being launched on NBC, and I was one of the handful of people that they brought in to audition as a host for this show. Well, I went into the room with a total defeatist energy. I was uncomfortable in what I was wearing. I didn't like how my hair looked. I was just a total embodiment of insecurity and self-doubt. And then to make it worse, it was a completely different interview process and style than any of the newsroom jobs that I had interviewed for. So usually with a newsroom job, you go to the TV station, you meet with some of the people in charge, maybe you do an on-set audition where you read some scripts and make some small talk with some of the other anchors or a meteorologist, and then you know maybe you go to lunch or dinner um, with the managers, and that's kind of it. But this was more of a Hollywood experience, and that threw me off. You know, to the point where when I walked into the room and I saw that it was literally a casting couch situation, I was just in my head saying to myself, oh, you do not belong here. And guess what? I made it come true. About three questions in to this interview, I was so lost in my own self-doubt narrative that I wound up just apologizing for wasting their time. I got up and I left, choking back tears on the longest elevator ride of my entire life. It was awful. And there's no reason other than lack of confidence or overwhelming self-doubt, however you want to put it, for why that job interview went so poorly. I had all the skills required for the role they were hiring for. Like Otherwise, I wouldn't have been invited there in the first place. But self-doubt stole the show, literally. And It's been 15 years or so since that happened, and thank goodness in that time I've slowly figured out how to believe in myself and how to cultivate courage within myself, even in the face of fearing failure or worrying that I won't be good enough. And if I can do this, I I mean, I believe truly in my heart that, that anyone can. I think it is something that you can teach yourself and you can play with, and I, you know, use the term play loosely, but you can play with certain things to show yourself that yes, you can build belief. You can. One of the best examples I can give of playing with building belief or know, shifting a mindset is when I decided to go to a Zumba class. And I know this sounds silly, but like I had started to tell a story about myself when I was around 14 years old. Um, In high school, I loved to do theater, especially musical theater. Um, I loved singing. I still love singing. I loved acting. But The dancing was always very challenging for me, and so I made up this story and really committed to it. Like Instead of working to get better, I committed to this story that I was a bad dancer, I couldn't pick up steps, and I carried that with me until I was in my late 30s. Ridiculous. But I read in several different books as an adult, how dancing is great for helping with anxiety. And because I was trying to not use medicine anymore, I was like, I have to face this fear and this self-doubt and get over it and give dancing a try. So 
I went to my first Zumba class. Super nervous. But the difference was that I gave myself this pep talk beforehand about not needing to be perfect and told myself, okay, I just need to go in there, have fun and smile. And so that's what I did. I slapped a smile on my face. I stood in the front row and I fumbled my way through 60 minutes of what could have been a very defeating experience. But owning the moment, honestly, as in accepting that I was not going to be good at this right away, but believing that I could get better was so freeing that I actually had fun. And I went back again and again and again, and it became one of my absolute favorite forms of exercise until coronavirus had us all staying home. And now I'm just working out in my basement, but you know, mindset matters. And so if you can shift in even that small way where you're just like, okay, I accept that this will be hard and I believe that I can work on it and get better, you know, you can achieve. Uh, And I'm sure a lot of people get this, but when you have that mental block and self-doubt about something, it can be very hard to move past that. So that's one thing. And then um, another thing is, and you can check out for the visual representation of this um, on my Instagram, which is the same as the name of the show at socially at socially responsible in my story highlights, you can see this sort of video diary of how I built belief around learning to do a handstand. It was really hard for me to stick with it and push past a fear that I had because I was really uncomfortable with the idea of turning myself upside down, like actually putting my head on the ground and getting my legs to go up, you know, above me was very scary for me. There were tears and it was just an uncomfortable experience, but videoing myself (laughs) helped me kind of celebrate that you can be okay even when you're uncomfortable. And you can be okay even when you're not good at something and people see it. Uh, But it was a great way to prove to myself, again, that it is possible to ditch self-doubt and grow and achieve something. And so now it's your turn to rewrite a story that you tell yourself that's holding you back in some way. Is it that you claim you're bad at something like I did with dance? Is it that you're afraid? To do something like turn yourself upside down like I was with a handstand. I mean, it can be as simple as that. The call to action this week is just about identifying one, one self-doubt or limiting belief that you are willing to play with, to work through. And chances are it's not going to be a seven-day problem-solved situation. So be patient with yourself and choose something that you're committed to working on over time. I believe in you. Now you get to practice believing in you. I really want to hear from you. So find me on Instagram at socially responsible, just like the name of the podcast. And please, in gratitude for liking what you hear, take a moment to leave a review, subscribe, and share. Socially responsible, living from the inside out. 